Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. Uh, my guest today is Ramsey Brown. He's the co-founder and COO of Boundless Mind. So, Ramsey, how are you doing today? Outstanding. Thanks so much for having me, man. Yeah, yeah no problem. So, tell me uh, about Boundless Mind. What's the concept of the company? concept of the company is we believe we are entering an era of a rigorous technology of human behavior. That the mechanisms underlying why we do what we do as people are no longer um, pop psych reads or um, well, you've just got to want behavior change bad enough. We believe that these days we now know enough about the brain, especially the part of the brain around motivated behavior, habits, and addiction. And we have sufficiently advanced machine learning techniques to be able to predictably and predictively take behavioral engineering seriously. And that's what we do at Boundless Minds. We do behavioral engineering, we help companies understand how people are acting, and we help them change how people are behaving. And we also release free products to help people achieve the kind of behavior change they want out of their lives. So what are some of the behaviors that people tell you or claim they want to change, you know, whether they do or not, but uh, what are the biggest ones like losing weight or getting up early or stop procrastinating or what kind of stuff? Yeah. So for the director consumer relationships we build, we built this app called space. It's available totally for free at you just need space.com on iOS, on Android, it's on Chrome. And it helps people take back control of the relationship they have with social media. A lot of people are feeling like they're glued and addicted to their phones, spending a lot of time inside social media applications. Space helps them build a more healthy relationship by breaking the sense of instant gratification that these apps give us. Mm. It interjects a small breathing delay where you're asked to kind of take a breath and chill for a sec. And then we'll give you the social media application you wanted. So we built this. Oh, so I would, using... I would say like, I would touch a button to launch Facebook, but it would what, delay it for like three or five seconds and say like, do you sure yeah. you want to do this or something? Or Yeah, it would, it, it would ask you, uh, breathe with me here for three or four seconds and then launch you into Facebook. If it detects that you've been binging recently, that delay can be up to 15 or 20 seconds. We built this to predict and adapt to your behavior to help you build a more positive relationship with the apps on your phone that you feel like you need a little bit of space from. Okay. Interesting. What, um, so all right, it's available for Android and iOS. You know, how many downloads and what kind of feedback are you getting from people that are using it? We get a lot of positive feedback from people using it. Uh, it has been downloaded, I think, about 50,000 times uh, since its launch. Really, it was a, a project of ours to show that behavioral engineering was something that was really well aligned with the kind of world we want to build altogether, that there was ways we could use these techniques and these technologies to put people back into control. It's not all just about taking control out of their hands. And we wanted to show that, um, yeah, as my co-founder, Dr. Combs, put that we're not putting this genie back in the bottle. We're not walking back from personalization AI. We're not walking back from the ability to, to predictably change behavior. We're not putting the genie back in the bottle, but we are learning to ask better wishes. We want to show that this technology can be used to do a lot of good. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it can. Um, okay, so you've got the one where it helps people 
break the tether of social media, what, what other projects are you working on that you find to be really important? Yeah. So our flagship product, uh, Boundless AI, formerly the, the dopamine AI, is a software as a service AI that we operate and sell to uh, consumer smartphone apps that optimally reinforces their users and predictively can get them to come back longer, engage with the app more, to do the kind of behaviors that are both good for that person and good for the company. We work with companies ranging from small startups even up to Fortune 100s to help them predictably increase the frequency of how often people will come back and do critical behaviors inside their applications. Zoom is effective at helping people take their medication on time, drive safer, study harder, pay down their debt, behaviors that we really all want out of our lives and we want out of the world. Hmm. So that application would be for what, large businesses and they would have the people that work for them use it? Or you know, how would uh, so end a, users get to it? Right, so it's, it's software as a service. We sell this to people who produce applications. So the applications and users never really notice it. It's a white label product. In the same way that as an end user, you can't tell all the analytics that are going on behind the scenes when you use your favorite smartphone apps. In that right. kind of same way, there are companies that exist like mine that just sell business to business to those smartphone publishers. Okay. Um, tell me a little bit more about the flagship product. Like what, what specific uh, uses does it have? And, you know, you don't have the name of the company, let's say that's using it, but, uh, you know, what is in use, sure. what's like a case study of how it works and what has it done? Absolutely. So uh, with a Fortune 100 pharmaceutical company we've been working with, uh, we've shown that this type of optimized reinforcement, figuring out when and how should this application delight a user when they've completed a core behavior that they should do more often, which in this case is tracking that they've adhered to their medication. We've been able to show a 28% improvement in retention, how long someone will keep tracking their medication use, and a 30% lift in the frequency by which they'll do that. How often will they come back and keep doing it? These are huge wins for something where it's really hard to get people to even remember to take their pills, right. to get people to do these behaviors using these proven insights from systems neuroscience and being able to provide this machine learning layer on top that customizes and predicts how this should be done for you. Uh, to us is uh, a huge win, and we know to our customers too, members of time. What, uh, can you say what's the mechanism by which you you know get someone to take their pills more often? Is it just reminders? Are you like shocking them if they don't take the pills? I mean, uh, I know it's a joke, but what, what, what no, do you no, do? It's, it's important. It's important. Yeah, it's, it's an important question. If you make someone feel outstanding, even in just a little small way, like a, a notification on their phone that congratulates them for what they just did. If you do that at the right time, when they don't see it coming, when they've been in, they couldn't anticipate that it was about to happen. That will cause their brain to release the chemical dopamine from their brain stem up into their forebrain. And the active dopamine as a molecule causes that person to become more likely in the future to perform that behavior again when they're in that same situation. Dopamine is this molecule that trains us what to do more of in the future. So when someone is going to take their pill and has tracked that they have taken their pill, having them be congratulated sometimes, but not every time, right after they do that, is a critical way to get them to continue to do that, continue to take their pill. It's the same principle that uh, slot machines operate on. Where a slot machine wants you to come and pull the arm on the lever and sometimes, but not every time, we'll pay you out. We're trying to take that same core technology but now apply it to the hardest problems in society instead of just having casinos make more money. So you found that, for instance, if, again, if someone's going to take a pill, uh, just saying, hey, good job taking your pill today with a little notification that makes them feel better and makes them more likely to take the pill. Yes, but you don't do it every time because then it just becomes background noise in their life. You only do it when you can mathematically predict it will be surprising. 
How could you predict that? Right. So this is what a lot of what uh, my co-founder and I did our master's and PhD in uh, here in Los Angeles, studying the neural circuitry underneath habit formation and motivated behavior. And there was a faculty in our program who had done some research on mathematical ways to model surprise and delight and how that should change attention and motivational states. I recognized, like, wait, this is, there's something here. Like, it provided a, a cognitive framework for being able to think about and predict when something was going to be delightful. Um, and we weren't the first people, and he was not the first person to, to realize this. Going back even to the 60s, uh, work by a scientist like um, B.F. Skinner of Harvard showed that the rate or the schedule, as he called it, of reinforcement for an animal predicted their future frequency of an action. Hmm. If you could reinforce an animal properly, you could train it to do a behavior. And the proper reinforcement here looked like this variable pattern. While our company is exploring that, what we've shown uh, feasible and valuable in the market is that this is a process that can be personalized and tailored to every unique individual. There, is, there exists at every point in time a pattern of reinforcement for a person for a behavior. And that's what we're able to pick out and predict. Huh. Um, what has brought you, you know, outside of using an app, um, I mean, what does this say to you about how to alter your own habits or your own behavior? Do you, you know, if you didn't have an app doing this, I don't even know if you want to advise on this, but any tips or tricks on how to um, modify behaviors that you don't like that you do, you know, personally, whatever they may be? Uh, yeah. Uh, the easiest tips and tricks I tend to give are around the relationships we have with our phones. So a lot of people these days report feeling out of control of their relationship with their phone. And I want to grant them, and I want them to be able to grant themselves a better sense of control over that relationship. So what I usually tell them is, uh, if you get the choice, go and turn off all the non-critical notifications on your phone. Remove them. Every app on your phone has a deep incentive to send you as many notifications as they need to keep your attention there as long as they can. But that doesn't necessarily serve you, it serves them. So be very judicious about what notifications you do allow through. And the second piece of advice I give is to think about the apps on your phone like the company you keep. Most of us think that we've got pretty okay friends or great friends or wonderful friends, but at least pretty okay. Because we know that the people we keep near us shape us. They turn us into someone a little more like them just by being near them. We pick up each other's mannerisms, habits, ideas, phrases, even if sometimes like the stance and the way we walk can change with course proximity with each other. When we think about our phones like that then, which apps on your phone would you like to be more like? Do you want to be more like the social media apps on your phone? Do you want to be more like the games on your phone? Do you want to be more like the diet app on your phone or the meditation app on your phone? Because they're shaping you too. In fact, they're designed and engineered to shape you. They're designed to be persuasive. So who are you becoming and what kind of company do you keep? Those are the things I tell people. Well, what does that mean? Let's say I want to, you know, you want to be more like the diet app on your phone. If you ask yourself that question, okay, well, what's the... What's the answer to that? What's the consequence of that? Sure. Uh, what you're saying is the same way that when someone goes out and buys a new pair of running shoes, they're making a statement about the a prediction of the future direction of behavior change they want. If we thought about the apps on our phones as um, statements about the people we are trying to become, keeping and continuing to use that app on my phone is really uh, saying that I aspire to be this healthier version of myself, and I am actively committing to closing that gap between my aspirations and my behavior right now. Whereas keeping a social media app on our phone that has been demonstrated to um, cause people to feel less secure about their lives through the filtering process, while other, seeing other people's highlights, 
uh, might say something like, I am committing to being a little pettier. So there's okay. the things we do in these apps and the things, and the things they cause in us. If we thought about them like, I'm committing to be a little more like blank, where that's the, the actions the apps ask us to take and the effects they have on us, we can think more judiciously because these apps are going to actively try to take our attention a lot of them monetize it well. So who do we want to be allowed to do that? And what sort of person do we want that app to make us into? So how pervasive is the uh, relationship people have with their cell phones, you know, now that you run this company and you're focused on this? I mean, it sounds uh, scarier than I even thought. What's your, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, my thoughts are that largely because of the economic incentive that a lot of these apps are under to give away their service for free in exchange for selling you selling the rights to ads to large companies that they'll show you as you they use your service. Um, because of that incentive structure, I think we're in a weird place right now with our smartphones where they're extremely powerful, but we're mostly using them for nonsense. But I'm excited about and bullish on there being a better future here. Um, there are so many new ways that these devices can sense our behavior and sense reality around us. And when equipped with tools that understand our motivations and aspirations, I think our phones become this really, really strong tool for growing into the kind of people we would aspire to become. Instead of my phone just being full of um, you know, YouTube and social media apps, maybe I can load it with apps designed to transform me into the kind of person I, I would want to be instead. That direction of development makes me and my team super, super excited. Um. Again, what, what what kind of reports in the field do you get from people? Uh, you know, you said with taking pills that there's more compliance, they've taken more, et cetera, which is good. What about, you know, yep. since, again, you're very smartphone-focused, what kind of testimonials or reports back have you gotten from people where, you've, you know, they've changed the way they use social media or not use it? I mean, what kinds of things do you see? Yeah, so we're actually currently analyzing right now uh, the impact of that app that I mentioned in space and how it's been changing people's behavior. We get a lot of first-hand testimonials back that they're really appreciative of getting uh, this little bit of sanity before going in uh, some of these apps that are designed to make them a little crazy. Um, and it's always charming to us when some of our friends on Twitter will screenshot something on their phone and we see one of the space app icons on their home screen that got captured in the screenshot. Always um, a smile on our face. Uh, but the, the data we're seeing for the, the flagship product about changing and increasing people's frequency of behavior uh, has shown us that it's not just um, working, but it's robust to the different types of apps we place it in, which should not surprise us. When we think about the mechanisms of reinforcement learning in the brain, why it is that slot, uh, slot machines are addictive or um, stimulant drugs are addictive, it shouldn't surprise us then that if we can faithfully recreate these optimal reinforcement strategies inside different types of smartphone apps, we should be able to change people's behavior robustly regardless of the type of behavior. Um, that's what we're right. seeing. We're seeing it work in, in a variety of different types of contexts. And um, our, of course, our investors love that. But we like it because it means that some of the hardest problems around human behavior now might have a solution at its door. Yeah, it seems like uh, there's two ways to go about it. One is, um, you know, it's people stopping the behavior that's bad for them, you know, not checking the apps as much. Another one is the positive, you know, using an yeah. app to remind you to take your pills, et cetera, that kind of thing. So I guess yeah. there's the push-pull of it. You're, you're totally right, because people are complicated. There, there are behaviors I want out of myself. I wish I would slow down and stop how often I hit the snooze button in the morning. I wish I would increase the amount that uh, I walk to work instead of grabbing a scooter. 
There are people are, are multifaceted and desire behavior change in multiple dimensions simultaneously. Um, and we think a, a mature behavioral engineering technology provides solutions in each of those directions. Makes sense. So what's next for, um, you know, for your work? What other kinds of apps or uh, things do you want to target in people? What do you think would be the most impactful? Yeah, so right now we are looking at uh, a few Skunk Works projects, um, the, the first of which I probably don't want to allowed to talk about, talk about, is uh, building an engine that can predict when people are about to quit an app. So if you run an app and you live or die by engagement and retention metrics, how long people are coming back, whether or not they're subscribing, whether or not they're performing the behaviors you need them to do, if it would be valuable, to two or three days before it was going to happen, we handed a list of these are the user IDs that we predict have a 95% confidence interval of quitting in the next few days. We think that would be an exceedingly powerful tool for teams to have on hand. For, uh, for quitting what kind of activity? So for, for quitting any smartphone app. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Huh. Well, that's kind yeah, of on the so, side of the, uh, the apps themselves. If they're beneficial apps, I can understand, but you know, yeah. if they're not beneficial, then it's used up like a more nefarious purpose, I guess. Uh, that is the complicated piece of doing this, yeah. We go yeah. out of our way to make sure that we can work with teams that are inducing positive behavior change and the kind of behavior change that people want. And we talk a lot about this in a, a book that we published this spring, Digital Behavioral Design, available for free at our website. Um, but the, the ethics about this matter a ton because we're, we're doing mind control. This is, this is a mature AI-powered mind control technology. And we need to make sure it's being used in ways that if people became aware that they were being shaped into someone new, they would agree with the alignment. That's okay. So for right now, where can people go to get the, uh, the existing apps that you talked about and to learn more about your process and get the free book and you know, engage Absolutely. further with you? Totally. Uh, so if anyone is looking to get a little bit of breathing room from the most addictive apps on their smartphone, they can do that for free at youjustneedspace.com or by searching for boundless space in the App Store and the Google Play Store. If they want to learn more about behavioral engineering uh, and what it's like to work with our software as a service product to increase their engagement and cut their churn, they can find us at boundless.ai, where they can sign up to grab some time to speak with us on the phone or get started with our new self-service product. Okay. Well, very good. Well, I'm going to check this out. It'll be interesting. Uh, luckily, I'm not uh, too badly addicted to stuff, but I want to see the effect it has, so I'm going to check out the Boundless uh, space See the astronaut on the website. So yeah, very good. Well, yeah. thanks for coming on the podcast. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.